Hey everybody and welcome to the anime podcast of some sort. I'm David Majors, my co-host Count Jack Noir. What's up Jack? Oh man, what isn't up? The price of gas, fossil fuels, man, politics. My cholesterol. <laughs> uh, actually, it's down. Uh, they put me on some medication, so it's going down. Well, thank, thank, thank goodness for that. But enough about my health. Do, do you wanna do you wanna jump into talking about the the cartoons and the video games and the whatnot? Boy, I sure would. But I think we've got somebody else with us too. We do. Uh, shout out to Colton, who was kind of our first sort of official guest on APOS, but this time around, for the very first time, our first official official guest on the anime podcast of some sort, the man behind the Wave Motion blog and host of Senpai Coast to Coast, the incomparable Mr. Josh Dunham. What is up, Josh? Thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having me, and I liked how you wrapped that up there. That was a, that was a nice, I'm gonna have to come back grab that little rhyme there that sounded pretty that sounded pretty smooth oh yeah i i'm stepping my game up because we we have a real anime podcaster on this show for once so oh, i i don't but, i don't know about that i haven't i don't think i've released anything for over like a month and a half now anime is real i wasn't aware it's, anime it's is totally real. anime is fake but but podcasts are real you can that, see them. That sounds like a K commercial that they're going to start targeting to to weebs recently, like um, how that they have that Metal Gear uh, solid uh, like car commercial. They're going to start putting like, man, anime isn't real, but your senpai is forever. Every kiss begins with K. Can you imagine? I I think we we have something that we can run with from there. Hey, yeah, uh, get, so. get, get, get to me over there, okay? How about, how about, about we change it to every Kamehameha begins with K? <laughs> every Kya. <laughs> every Kya. <laughs> every Kawaii. You've got, uh, you've got I'm, options. I'm so glad. Two minutes in, we already have a show title. So let's just jump in. And guys, I have to do this one because it's my podcast and I can do whatever I want. First news, I saw this. And I, I screamed and, and squeed with all of my Gundam friends. Because Mobile Suit Gundam, Iron-Blooded Orphans, is getting an English dub, and it will appear, premiere on Toonami in June. Yay! And the reason this makes me so, so happy is because this news came out right along the, the same time as the most recent trailer for Star Trek Beyond. And for a really, really, really long time, everybody else's fandoms have been getting everything they could possibly want. And now, finally, my two lifelong biggest fandoms, Gundam and Star Trek, are, are finally coming back into the mainstream. And I'm just, I'm chuffed to bits, as they say in England. Uh, Josh... I know you, you've had in the past something of a, a complicated relationships with the Gundam franchise. Can mm. I possibly convince you to watch Iron Blooded Orphans? Huh? Not huh? on, not on Tsunami. No. And mm -hmm. well, here's the, here's the thing. First, I need to know who's being announced for which roles, obviously, in the dub. Um, for example, there are some shows I prefer dubbed Code Geass, um, mm -hmm. Ghost in the Shell, Sack. You know, that I kind of prefer dubbed, just I, I like the sound of that. Um, 
but at the same time, I, I mean, I, I kind of side with subs versus dubs. If if we have to fight about it, I have to side with subs. But oh, that there, being there's said, no need to fight. There's no need to fight. I just want you to watch it. I respect your uh, yeah. opinion. I prefer to watch my shows instead of reading them. Oh, see, see, now it's getting all. Uh, no, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. That was uncalled for. Please continue. But, but uh, um, for, for the the English cl- cast so far is a list of the usual suspects: Johnny Young, Bosch, Jeremy Lay. Yeah. You know the the the, the, the usual rotation. Ball. Yeah, I'm the, sorry. The usual rotation. With, I knew it, that the list was going to start with Johnny Young, Bosch. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't well, even touched play Orga. Them, and I knew that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, Orga is going to be Johnny Young, Bosch. Yuri Lowenthal is going to be uh, Miki. Yeah, that that sounds about I, I, right. I don't. I mean, like the rest of it can go to shit. I mean, maybe uh, Vic Manana will be Mickey. I don't know. Congratulations! They'll, they'll they'll find a way to squeeze Christopher Sabat in there too. But you know, I I wish mm-hmm. the, the my one big gripe with Funimation is that is their pool of talent just needs to be a little bigger. That's my mm-hmm. one gripe. Um, Jack, you said you like watching your anime. Yes. How are you feeling about Mobile Suit Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans? Because I say, as a Gundam fan, this is probably the best Gundam series in maybe about 10 or 15 years. Ooh. I've heard some good stuff. I've heard some people who I uh, are the usual suspects. Your California counterpart, Patrick, has been saying, Oh, dang, you gotta watch this. And I went, Alright, well... Uh, that sounds like a th- like a thing I could do if my television was something that I turned on. But um, I I uh, and and I it will been... be streaming. I do believe it will be streaming. I, as I well. have been coming back to the to the animes, and um, I have one more thing I was gonna check out soon. Uh, since I started kind of going through the oh that looks interesting. What the hell's that? Oh, better watch it. Uh, and that's uh. Haven't you heard I'm Sakamoto? I heard of that. Yeah. Haven't you heard? And um, I was interested in it because I, I do like the kind of uh, insane setup meets insane, uh, equally insane escape kind of deal. So I'm looking forward to taking a look at that and seeing how um, how the characters interact. But, you know, after that, I'll, I'll see how it goes. I'm thinking... Uh, that might be something that shows up next weekend for the Fanime screening, honestly. All right. That could and be something Jack, they do. If you can check out Iron-Blooded Orphans, I will get back with you on Gravity Falls. How does that sound? Boy, howdy. It's not like you've been saying that for a couple of weeks, months. I have, I have been watching it. I have been. All right, uh, and I'm just, I'm just saving my thoughts. I'm saving okay. my thoughts. <laughs> but, they're in the thought bank. That's something to do. They are. Well, they are. Okay. Okay. Well, that that well, sounds like like a fair trade. David, I, will. I have a question for you though. Yeah. You have you now praised Iron Blood and Orphans, which obviously I'm not a fan of for reasons that have been stated, beaten dead into the ground, mostly with Okada. Um, what have you not seen? Thunderbolt? Did you not like Thunderbolt? Or I am liking Thunderbolt. I'm waiting for it to finish. Well, it did. It's I fin- finished. Oh, have I not? I haven't caught the last episode. Then, then I will. I will. Have I'm behind to get... two episodes. I got four and three. So, 
Okay, then I have not watched 4 then. Uh, I didn't even know 4 came out. So, yes, I'm definitely very high on Gundam Thunderbolt. I just have not finished it yet. So, Mm. there's a good chance my opinion might be changed. But I really enjoyed Iron-Blooded Orphans. As a Gundam series, I truly believe it's the best one in a very long time. See, that's one flag I just can't raise. Okay, um, which one, See what I did there. which ones, yes, great song, <laughs> I don't care what anyone says, great song, um, which ones would you say then, say in recent times? It's hard because, uh, like, I haven't finished all of them, but Thunderbolt is one that comes to mind right away that I would definitely hands down say is better, uh, Unicorn, sure, but sure, then again, I only sure. saw the first two, you know, movies or OVAs of Unicorn, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've kind of skipped out. If it's not UC, I don't really play with Gundam a whole lot. And I did, it's not like I've seen all of Iron-Blooded Orphans either. So I guess, to be fair, you know, my opinion is kind of a moot point. But, you know, I went eight episodes in, and I was like, man, this, is, this has the pacing of, of a <laughs> silent film without sub... I don't know. Like, it, no, that doesn't even make sense, because silent films are short. But my point is... This was it was it was hard. It was really really hard for Josh to sit patiently and and watch this thing. And I mean, I enjoy things like Space Odyssey, where there's like no dialogue and you just sit there and watch stuff happen. And it's just like, uh, uh, what, what what's going on? Why is this important? Why are we still on the base? Okay, now we're in space. Why are all these women here in this spaceship? Isn't this kind of misogynistic? Oh wait, we're kind of fighting. I can't tell we're fighting because there are no beam sabers. But okay, cool, we're fighting. Like, I don't know. My favorite Gundam is Code Geass. I don't. I don't see the problem. I don't. I don't see the problem with anything you just said. I don't. I don't see the problem. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a joke. Uh, I know. Oh man, this is what we do. This is what we do with guests. Bully the hell out of them. No, no, no. Later on in the podcast, if Josh survives, we were going to give Josh Dunham a complete open forum on Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. So stay tuned, everybody. You know you want to hear what Josh has to say about that one. <laughs> Going to turn me into Cody Bear. <laughs> no, no, no. I would yes, never. I know, I'm just... I know it's pronounced buyer, but you know. Uh, old, habits, old habits die hard. <laughs> but let's, let's just we gotta jump bully, into bully the next this. <laughs> And speaking of Shows from terrible companies. Uh, Gynax and Livedoor, uh, co-finder... <laughs> Already a great start. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have launched a crowdfunding campaign for an anime short for Rocket Dan. Uh, a short. A short, yeah. Because that's uh, all they, they can manage right now. They can't make real anime series. Help, everybody's left to make an equally mediocre uh, studio. What do we do? And the Have campaign has seemingly raised or is in the process of raising 1.5 million yen, which is just under 14,000 American, to fund the creation of this short film, Rocket Dan. Again, short film. I'm a Not Rocket series. Dan. Rock Soaring through the sky. Dan. And, and I, I think, think it's, it's going to be a long, long time till touchdown long guy next making time. good is, anime again. Is, is, one of the, is one of the stretch goals William Shatner singing the, the theme song? Because please. Oh, that, that would be <laughs> the only way I would watch this. And I gotta be. 
So here's my thing. When it comes to Gainax, and I know we're kind of dissing it a lot, I know there was a recent interview with Sadamoto, Yoshiyuki Sadamoto, who did the character designs for uh, Eva, amongst other things, you know, a lot of Hosoda stuff. There was an interview with him, and he said that they were working on um, Blue Uderu, the quote-unquote sequel, again in air quotes, to uh, Royal Space Force Oniamis, and the money keeps running out. And Sadamoto keeps wanting to work on that, but the money keeps running out. And Gainax just seems to be in shambles with either half of them going with Ano to Kara or, you know, with over with Imaishi to Trigger. It's just like, and everyone else either being fired or leaving or whatever the case may be. Gainax seems like a really, really empty, broken studio. I can't remember the last good show that actually captured, I mean, it, what comes to mind is panty stocking. I, I mean, I can't remember. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I just can't remember the last show after that that they made that was enjoyable and just like, okay, you know, but that was still an Imaishi, you know, almost a flash animation show, Christ, there but was, you know. Uh, magical, sh- ar- blah, 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 blah. magical arcade, uh, magical shopping arcade, Aminobashi. I heard that was good. I only saw one episode of it before shit got weird. But see, that's the thing is like, I can't talk to anyone who's seen, like, has legitimately seen it. Said, oh, yeah, this show is good. Like, it's always like secondhand from like who, who, who's watching Gainax? Like, what is Gainax doing? It's just like a couple dudes. It's like they've gone back to their original. Gainax right now is more Gainax than ever. They have <laughs> no money. They're not making anything. No one's watching it. It's like, this is oh, original Gainax. How about another faces. Buster series? Idiots. <laughs> Oh boy! So uh, I'm fu- I don't, I don't I'm know. Fine, Jack. I don't know how I'm I feel fine. about this. I mean, J- Josh did mention my trigger, but I'm fine. Uh, are I'm you? Sorry. No, go but ahead, it, Jack. But, but it's a good show. I uh, <laughs> I just want to say, um, in regards to this news story, I'm glad it was brought up. But uh, the only comment I can really say is just kind of going off of what Josh says. Uh, who cares about Gynex? The fact that they've gone to crowdfunding is kind but of uh Do you think that this be... is something that animation studios in general is this the future of what anime is going to be? God, I it's... hope I don't have to fight well, it against more professionals like Jesus hell. I have an answer for that too and actually in the same exact interview that Sadamoto was in, he you know they asked him that question, is anime going more towards crowdfunding because they were asking about Rocket Dan and such. And uh, he said, well, I mean, for shorts like this, it works. But you're not going to get films and series out of it. Not really. Um, it just, the price is too too high to really get some good quality rolling. Now, it may be augmented with crowdfunding. But here's my fear. And maybe this is some weird, weird, totally off-the-wall, weeaboo bullshit, nationalistic bullshit. I like anime because it is very distinctly Japanese and there's this cultural otherness that is always mysterious simply because I don't understand. Now, it's super normal to the Japanese and this, that, the other thing, but coming as a foreigner, as someone who's completely removed from the topic, there's a sense of mystique to it, you know what I'm saying? And I'm afraid part of that mystique will be stripped away when we start putting, you know, people in charge of it who really have no business i mean if they put their money in they have all the business but am i i don't want to go out and say 
that it's a bad idea because obviously it's better that anime be made than die on the vine, which I don't think it ever will. But my, my point is the same. Like some of this, it's like, it just doesn't feel, you know, like, I don't know if we need more Afro samurai, you know what I'm saying? Where it's kind of this cross production sort of thing. I think I understand where you're coming from. Although I think this might not necessarily be uh, a big fear. If you look at some successful crowdfunded campaigns like Shenmue and a couple of other things that some animation companies from Japan have done. They've all been crowdfunded, but you've never really seen any examples of contributors to uh, the the artwork uh, really trying to put their hands into what's created. Uh, I think that a lot of times these are shown to be sort of a respect for the artist's work, uh, and trying to help them get done what needs to be done. So I don't think that this will necessarily be something that is where you see an artistic output changed due to crowdfunding. Yeah, but this kind of taps into that whole argument with something like the new Foodie Cootie. You know, everyone talked that up and down. If I can uh, unbury that beaten dead horse. Um Again, who cares? <laughs> well, my thing is like a I'm sequel fine, will never. Fine. I know. I'm sitting here driving David mad on his own show. I'm sorry. Um, Are you? <laughs> I no, I am because I mean, no one deserves to be upset and watch their shows butchered. But my my point is, this is whether it's completely good or bad or indifferent. Like, I'll be honest with you. Even if the Japanese were making this all by themselves and it was totally Japanesey wheezy. Uh, I still wouldn't be happy that there's a new Fooly Cooey coming out because none of the talent is there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's all moved on. So that's a major problem with that argument. But my point is the same. Like, what's to stop something like Cartoon Network or some <sighs> whatever Corporation X coming in and saying, hey, you're going to do it this way because we're paying for half of it. I mean, look, look at Dimension W. I hated that show. And that show was exactly why I don't want you know that muddlement because it was everything that American anime fans love that I don't enjoy you know so that's what i'm afraid of is we'll get a bunch of shows that hit really high and they make tons of money but it's not akin to my taste literally and this is going to sound super pathetic i want them to make more shows for me that's what josh wants oh no that's I, that's totally fine i think that's I something see. everybody wants I would be I very, think... very frightened if, especially Cartoon Network, Cartoon Network as in, hi, I'm the company that decided that marketing was more important than artistic integrity or quality or having a soul. I would hate if they just showed up and said, hey, so, guy are you sure you're noticing- not? Are you sure you're not talking about Nickelodeon? Oh, uh, well, I mean... Same company, Burger King, McDonald's. I think this is my I think this is kind of my catchphrase for this show, but who cares about Nickelodeon? I, I haven't Fair heard enough. a single person who's mentioned, but Cartoon Network is actively trying to make me angry, I think, with the fact of, hey, we are still the number one uh network for cartoons, hence the fact that we are called the Cartoon Network, but we're not gonna put any, you know, effort into stuff because making cartoons is hard. You know, we can't have things like detail or humor or effort. That just doesn't work. Well, we get plenty of humor. Jack, I think that's the problem. Don't you know that every single episode of Teen Titans Go costs $73 million to make? You got to milk really? those for what they're worth. Really? 
Okay, where no, where's no, it going no, no, no. to to cast LeBron James? It's more like 50 million, I think. Honestly, I mean, it goes to where because if you look at what what is happening with Cartoon Network, I mean, we're getting a little bit off track, but you know, d- detail or you know, individual style, like what happened in the sense of you know, like it or no, Flapjack and Chowder had very very differing art styles, and that's why Gumball. people will yeah. That's the oh, one I can think ball. of that's still kind yes. of, you know, unique. The rest of them, you know, uh, Teen Titans Go, Steven Universe, Regular Show, Adventure Time, We Bear Bears. And I love We Bear Bears. It's very cute. But they all have this thin, this thin outline and this non-detailed look and the crowd and the, the background characters and even some secondary characters. You could not show me a character from Adventure Time and show me a a character from the new quote-unquote Powerpuff Girls and have me know which was which. And you put that kind of, hey, we got the money, let's wave this in front of, you know, Toei or somebody if they're if they're running low and then watch the magic happen. I can definitely see where Josh's, uh, Josh's fears are founded because I don't want that. Well, you mentioned Powerpuff Girls. You know, now that we're kind of post a lot of this argument, I would point to Powerpuff Girls and say, hey, look, that was a successful American property to begin with, very well-loved and nostalgic. And then Cartoon Network revived it by themselves, so it serves and services their needs. And look how that's turned out. I mean, I, I don't know anyone who's really happy with that. I mean, I'm sure there are some people who that's their first exposure to Powerpuff Girls. Never know, never, you know, there's no reason to go back and watch Powerpuff Girls, really, to be honest, unless you, you saw it the first time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm it, just it saying, you're going to treat Fooly Cooly, you know, which which has, you know, a significance. You're going to go back and try and recapture that magic. Just You can't catch lightning in a bottle guys, twice. Guys, I, I'm never going to get my season three of Big O, am I? No, no, and if and if it was, it would not be the big O that you love. You know that. You know this it, to be true. Search your it feelings. Just, just it just needs a better ending. That is a horrifying might, ending. Why don't you, you get the big P? You could always you know, ask <laughs> the big P. I'd be you okay know, with that. Die. You should always submit to how it should have ended to see if uh, they'll do something for you. you should yeah, always submit maybe. to uh, the big P. Submit to the big P. That's the big P demands Josh, it. What's your Twitter handle again, Josh? The big P at the big P. That's at the big P. Everybody submit <laughs> to the big P and just just open wide. Uh, right. Josh, uh, let's talk a little bit about this story uh, regarding Paramount Pictures and the late great Satoshi Kon. Uh, you you threw this story at me. What's it about? I did. So, um, brief context here. Part of the difficulty is trying to get a lot of Kohn's films on Blu-ray. Now, for those of you who may not know who Satoshi Kohn is, he, in my mind, is the best animated, you know, anime director, period. He directed films. He also did a TV series and he did many other shorts. But why is he the best? Um, quite simply, he's one of the few, aside from a couple others, don't get me wrong, uh, who I could see in a Criterion collection. His films are timeless. His films are, are classic. They're amazingly done. And so when I heard this reported on ANN that Paramount Pictures um, 
is now streaming more or less on their YouTube account uh, the entirety of Millennium Actress. Now, this is actually the last Satoshi Kon I have not seen, and uh, I keep holding off because people tell me it's the best. And uh, it's kind of like this weird psychological thing. If I don't complete you know, Kon's body of work, he still doesn't feel dead. So I have literally went years without watching this film because I know once I see this, I've seen all of Kon and that I'm not, well, I haven't seen. Uh, I would say this is the one I have not seen either. Well, it's just, it's kind of like, so I'm going through something similar right now with David Bowie in that he died and now I'm going back and, and listening to all his stuff and it's like, as long as I have something new to listen to, he'll never quite be dead. But at some point you grow familiar with everything that the artist has produced and you feel like you know them even though you've never met them and knowing somewhere inside your heart that you'll never get the chance to meet them, that that possibility is gone. Um, it, it kind of hurts a little bit. It, it leaves a void there. But on a much more positive note, I mean, it is streaming. This is always a great sign that maybe it's going to be open for a Blu-ray release. I mean, that would be awfully nice. I don't want to pay $80 on Amazon for a DVD, you know, and I'll be honest, like stuff like this is what I pirate. You know, now that's streaming, we have it all, you know, we have a, an option. But, you know, for the longest time is pay $80 for an out-of-print DVD or nothing. I'm glad to see we're moving towards something where Cone's work is just so monumental. Um, well, we have an option to look at that. Like, you know, we're talking uh, just, about... Just to reset for everybody, uh, Paranoia Agent, Paprika, Millennium Actress, as Josh said, Perfect Blue, Tokyo Godfathers, just... Tokyo God, yeah. Oh, I did see Perfect Blue now. I think master Masterpiece after masterpiece after just... Absolutely outstanding. I'm I'm in complete agreement with Josh on this one, um, specifically regarding Paprika. Especially that one is is yes. very near and dear to me. Paprika is probably the most unsettling thing I've seen in recent history, and I loved it. I know Perfect Blue was like that for me. I saw Perfect Blue. Like I try and rewatch Paprika every anniversary of his death. Um, just because that was the first film I'd seen of Satoshi Kon. I didn't even know who he was. It was just the local blockbuster or video store was going out, you know, and all the anime DVDs were left there. So it's like pay three bucks, get these used anime DVDs. Okay, cool. Paprika's in there. I watched it and literally I listened to the soundtrack for like the next week and even to this day listening to the main theme. Um, you know, I don't want to say brings a tear to my eye, but it strikes a little bit of a chord where I, I become a little bit more somber, a little bit more, uh, pensive. And uh, Paprika, had that ability. Paprika, uh, I will say, was the first anime theatrical release that I actually got to see in a theater. Uh, and that was uh, really an incredible experience to see that movie in, in theater. It was, it was absolutely mind-blowing. I can only imagine. I mean, simply because part of the movie itself uh, plays off of that. The whole concept of what is a film and anime is a perfect medium to blend that that realm of dream, film, reality, which Cohn believed in kind of a very Jungian and Freudian type way that it was all the same thing, that people were still people even when they were dreaming. People were still people even when on screen, even though their minds may have been in a different place that didn't change their experiences. And I thought that was – I'll be honest. I think that's something that's perfectly beautiful. It's why I'm into anime. And so, like, if I had to point to one person and someone said, why are you into, why do you devote so much effort into this medium? I'd say Satoshi Kon, like, he was and really is for me, and this I, I say with kind of a, a little bit of a snide remark, but he really is the savior 
of anime, not Miyazaki, not anyone else, you know, not Oshi, Kon. Because for me, personally, Kon was the guy who I could always point to and say, this is a valid medium. While I do love a lot of the work of Mamoru Oshi, I, I will definitely give you Satoshi Kon, Josh. I'm not disagreeing with you in any way. Uh, and I'm definitely going to watch Millennium Actress. And uh, I will feel as though I've given Satoshi Kon uh, the proper respect that I will have watched all of his work uh, at this point. Like I said, I got to see Paprika in the theater. Uh, I watched Perfect Blue when I was very, very young. Uh, it was kind of a tough watch at the time. Uh, I was. I, <laughs> I can't I think imagine. I was I was maybe only just barely in the Air Force, so I may have been 20, 21. So, yeah, at the time, it was it was a pretty tough watch back then. So, this will be, for me, uh, paying him proper respect, which uh, a director of his caliber is absolutely deserving of. And hopefully someday we'll get to see The Dreaming Machine. Hopefully someday. It's... <sighs> That's not, I, I don't think it's ever going to happen. What I think they need to do, and there's been talk of this, is just release whatever storyboards are there and let it go. Because quite simply, I mean, you, you guys both know this. Cone storyboards were almost like a freaking manga, complete manga themselves. He, he left so much detail in those that it, I bet you if we could just see the storyboards, we could at least feel what the film was kind of going to be about. But honestly, let me throw, I'm not let me sure. throw a crazy idea at you. Let me throw a crazy mm. idea at you with what you just said. The Dreaming Machine, storyboards and all of that. What if it were to go to, say, a larger studio? And maybe not even an anime studio. What if it was something like New Line Cinema? What would you say to that? No, because it's still... And the thing is, it's not, you know, especially coming off the heels of our last conversation. It's not because it's not. It's going to a different studio or anything. It's just it's not Cone anymore. And from my understanding... Reading into this, and I could be wrong, so someone correct us if if you know, I go off the deep end here. But um, my understanding is, even though a lot of it is there, you still kind of need Cohen as director to make those decisions to still move the project forward. And without him, it's still kind of impossible to get that done. My understanding is that he left enough, but at the same time, not quite enough. You know what I'm saying? I would argue just with an example to kind of retort is um goodness now i'm now that i have my example set in mind i cannot actually remember it so i'm gonna just quickly do some food but uh some google food but it was um it was the collaboration set between salvador dali and walt disney uh destino ah yes yes that was that was uh completed in 2003 long after uh, it had even begun uh, the process of being created uh, in, looks like, 1945. And, of course, we know uh, where these two artists currently are. And it's a similar kind of situation as to what could eventually happen with that. But I see where you're coming from. But if if uh, if any of you out there are Disney fans or fans of the works of Salvador Dali, check out Destino. That's D-E-S-T-I-N-O. It's on YouTube, and I would say it captures, in spite of the fact that there are obviously some computer uh, animated uh, segments, I would say it's still very, very clearly, um, uh, it emulates, and not just emulates, but it captures um, the art and the feel of these two artists, of these two creators. So 
uh, it could be something like that. And that's just my example given of uh, objection. It could be done. It well, certainly could be. I- I'll tell you this. To, to at least give your suggestion some credit here, David, um, I wouldn't mind that at the same time, but I don't really want and to watch again, it. And again, Josh, let me say I agree that Satoshi Kon was a one-of-a-kind director in terms of just film, not just anime, mm-hmm. not just animation, film. He truly was one-of-a-kind, irreplaceable. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I mean... I mean, you say that at the same time, because of that, if let's say it does go to New Line Cinema or or whatever happens, right? Let's say it does get completed by somebody that we all can agree on, we all love and trust. I would still want literally the film to be broken up. Like literally in the middle of the film, I want like a black screen that says this part is Satoshi Kon's and then it just goes forward and then breaks and says this part is not Satoshi Kon's and then, you know what I'm saying? So that way... You know, I want it to all be linked and be cohesive and, and have a, you know, somewhat of, um, a narrative running through it. But I want to specifically know what was Kohn's because when I, I sit down and watch Paprika, I feel like I'm sitting down next to Kohn and it's almost like a little bit of a, a, a really neat experience. But if you take that away, you know, from any film, um, so lose a lot of the magic. L- let me throw something at you then, Josh. How would you feel if there wasn't something like that and then you had trouble telling the difference? Well, I guess technically that defeats the whole purpose. I mean, if I can't tell the difference, then, you know, I would just probably enjoy it and, and, and live my life. But me being so adamant about it, I would try and figure out and I would like to pretend and think that I'd still be able to tell the difference. But you know, if I couldn't tell the difference, I, I guess, you know, what you don't know can't hurt you. You know, I, I hate to say, say it, but, you know. I would just like to say, uh, given how Satoshi Kon is a very distinctive director, I would say it could be possible to, to tell the difference. But, you know, maybe, you know, there there's definitely room to argue. No, maybe not. You know, it, it all, we don't know because it doesn't you know, exist. I would be willing to let one man, I can think of it off the top of my head. I know it's kind of dragging on, so I apologize. I would be willing to let one director handle it, and that would be Katsuhiro Otomo. The reason being is because Satoshi Kon trained, if I'm not mistaken, under Katsuhiro Otomo. He had worked with him prior. He was an animator on Akira. He, uh, you know, Magnetic Rose. I mean, I feel like if anyone who's a good, decent director were to direct something, you know, to finish Satoshi Kon's work, it would have to be Otomo. I, I I mean, and that I could be okay with because I like a lot of what Otomo has done. So even though I might be able to tell the, the difference, I would just think of it as more being, you know, an ode, an homage to Satoshi Kon versus, you know, or even part, you know, or, or kind of a collab, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd be okay with that, even though it wouldn't be 100%, all, it wouldn't be the best thing, but we're not going to get the best thing, I think is what we're all agreeing on, so... That's something we're all agreeing on. Um, that, is, Jack, that is a fair assumption. Yes. I think there's something you and I can agree on, that it's time for uh, the anime podcast of some sort, Ace Attorney Update. So, Jack, if you yes. will. Igyori! So, as uh, those of you know, Ace Attorney had an anime, but it's going back to its roots once again with another 3DS game. 
the latest entry in the Ace Attorney series, Ace Attorney 6, which has recently been, uh, the name has been leaked. It is called Ace Attorney Spirit of Justice. It's coming to 3DS and there is a Western and global release and that is June 9th on uh, digital release for everywhere except Japan because they hate me. And um, it looks quite interesting. It's uh, once again, it's localized as it has been. It's uh, still got good old Phoenix, right? Miles Edgeworth, those characters. And if any of you out Does there it have, have my girl, played, lot of heart. I do not believe so, but guess who has made another appearance? Uh, I'm just going to give a quick overview, a little bit of the last 3DS title, which actually is probably one of my favorites in the series. I like Trials and Tribulations as much as the next person. I'm constantly waiting for Godot. <laughs> but um, Ace Attorney Dual Destinies is probably one of the best. That was the first 3DS title. And uh, it included Phoenix Wright with a brand new slamming looking outfit, vest, buttons, coat, everything, badge. And a watch. He's got the and watch, watch, too. He, he looked pretty swagging. Uh, newcomer, Athena Hawks, and she is my girl. She's fabulous. Um, I thought I was going to hate her, but she she fills the the female element quite nicely and she's actually an attorney she has (laughs) she has a really interesting role that plays out that i won't quite um i won't quite mention but it's similar to uh phoenix's psych lock mechanic and apollo justice who also makes a return it's similar to his um basically what what i would consider picking out people's poker tells and uh, it's it's quite fun. And the prosecutor is probably my favorite. Uh, samurai wannabe Simon Blackwell. He's horrifying in the best of ways. And if you'd ever seen him, you'd know him because it's excellent. And the story is just overall really, really good. And it hits you with a betrayal and with a with a twist that really just it it's excellent. And then it came with a DLC case, which was absolutely ridiculous. David. You thought that interrogating a parrot was insane. Well, how would you feel yeah. if you brought yeah, I a did. bunch of the stand? I, on- I honestly orca. did, Jack. An orca. Okay. You you get you are defending an orca from a case of murder of a uh, a marine park uh, employee. <laughs> they've they've presumably murdered someone at the marine park and you have to defend the orca i'm sorry well, Jack, i just pictured phoenix wright sitting there like dory from finding nemo you did you kill well jack i've got to say that sounds like one whale of a tail it's excellent it's most excellent this is going to have a similar treatment it's the same kind of graphical style which I did not mind as much as I'm a sprites kind of guy. I live for sprites. Uh, it, it looked really good and it played really nicely. And I gotta say, I loved the, the remixed objection theme. It was quite good based off of the objectively best objection theme <laughs> of, of Trials and Tribulations. We all know the one and, uh, fully orchestrated. Nope. That one. That's, uh, that's the first one. The, the one that oh, goes but- like, da, 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 da. 
Oh, no, no, no. That one's not the best one. The first one's the best one. Nope. Nope. The third one's the best one. Objection. Objection. Uh, I see what you did there. Well, um, that's a thing. It's going to be quite similar to that, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Prosecutor is uh, interesting. I would just say look up pictures of the prosecutor. Not sure if man or woman. Insert uh, insert fry meme here. But do, do a, we have a, do we have a name for this prosecutor so everyone can look them up? Baron Ashler. Uh, <laughs> uh, I believe it's just the Japanese name that's been linked so far in most of it. It's something like Kirakuchi Uchikuchi. <laughs> hey now, that's exactly what it was. Hey now. <laughs> Okay, but honestly, um, they're pretty interesting. They have kind of a vibe that's similar to um, the Karain Village. And speaking of Karain Village, she did not make an appearance in Dual Destinies. But guess who's coming back? A full-fledged spirit medium. That's right. A lot of heart. A lot of heart. Sure, why not? Yay! I was actually going to make the joke that it was Pearl. Because honestly, I would think that'd be hilarious of, hey, Phoenix, guess who went through all the training? Oh man, Mia, you'll be so proud of your sister. Wait, Pearl, you're only 12. We need a future game where Pearl is a full-grown woman. Uh, oh, that's gonna happen. That's absolutely gonna happen. We need she, that. Uh, I need and that. And it'll be, it'll be Phoenix kind of like Ben Affleck in Batman versus Superman. It'll be Phoenix <laughs> with a little bit of gray in his hair. <laughs> After and he'll definitely at least get one or two lines in where he's where he talks about he's too old for this shit. He'll get that in somewhere. I'm I'm very I'm very happy at least that out of my two favorite puzzle visual novel pick me up series that I enjoy, uh, Phoenix Wright looks to still be going strong, and it doesn't look to have gone the route of uh, Professor Layton, which, you know, they, they've they announced that there's a new seventh game coming out, but guess what? It has nothing to do with the Professor, or anything else for that matter. They just wanted to call it Layton. And why even in the world, you know, coming back to honoring the dead, why would you even cons- consider continuing the series after Akira Yago, the puzzle master, the only guy who ever made puzzles for the game? Basically, the Japanese equivalent of Highlights Magazine creator. Uh, why would you ever? What, what would be the point? Money? What, what would be use of it? <laughs> yes, very. I mean, Level 5, uh, they secured best-selling third-party... DS and 3DS titles with the Layton series, so I would see that as happening. But it's it's like a it's like a My Sims kind of thing from what I've seen. But anyway, back to Ace Attorney. Uh, there's also the anime of which yes. I have mentioned. How, how has the anime been, Jack? Uh, well, it, it exists. And GBA uh, graphics, high mm-hmm. praise, high praise indeed. Mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, if there's one thing that I enjoy, it's that they've uh, they've kind of gone the Dung and Ronpa route, which I guess is kind of a fair way of doing it. I mean, by the terms of the games, not with the anime, because the anime is rust as hell. But what they've done is they've actually started to animate the the who done it after you know the witnesses have broken down and Phoenix has pointed his finger and everybody's been yelling. Uh, that's what they do, and it's nice. Um, 
there is the option uh i no no right i remember now um i was told by someone who will remain nameless because i don't want to make them upset uh that there was an option to change the names from the original japanese to the localized ones yes that turned out to not be true there just turned out to be a key somewhere on a crunchyroll article that said hey ryu ichinara hodo is phoenix right get used to it memorize it bitch wait a second no no because like the first episode you could right click and then change it i never saw that i looked on several different devices including my computer i couldn't find that maybe it's just because i'm terrible at this kind of thing Okay, because I know with the computer, like, you actually have to, to, to right-click, bring up, you know, like, the, usually what you would go to the flash settings, and then you can change and uh, with the subtitles and everything, because there's that one scene where they're referring to Udon, and they changed it to burgers, because, you know, the localization. <laughs> so, I didn't know they went that far. That's hilarious. No, they did. They did a really good job preserving most of it. That's, that's um, nice. You know what's actually oh. interesting? Um I'm sorry to cut you off, Josh. Uh, just wanted to say, uh, with the 3DS installments, there's a couple of changes that I think some fans ought to know if you haven't really followed Dual Destinies or this new coming uh, Spirit of Justice. Uh, they're slightly easier, but honestly, uh, I think we can all agree that save scumming is really tedious in previous installments. Uh, it doesn't make you have more hints. It's just easier to not game over. Uh, and it'll start you back at the beginning of a particular line of questioning if you do game over. So you don't have to start all the way back from your saves point. Um, but uh, there was that, and there's also the fact that they're kind of doing a little bit considerably less localization with certain things. I think it's because the crew is trying to bring a little bit more Japanese culture in just to see how much that the North American crew can get away with. Just, hey guys, localization, let's have a whole thing take place in Yokai Village. What you gonna do with that, buddy? And they just straight up call everything Yokai in Dual Destinies, but <laughs> just a little reminder, you reminded me of that when I thought of, oh, burgers, yeah, no, they've actually gone to the point of <laughs> to no return. There's starting to, things are starting to diminish there, but honestly, I don't mind. And I don't think fans mind i think we've gotten used to it because i want to ask so as someone who hasn't played since the first edgeworth game right that that's the uh, very first yes okay because i played like half of edgeworth where maybe right up till he meets the ninja girl okay mm -hmm. oh okay. Um, you mean I didn't you mean even... investigations i thought you meant uh where edgeworth is the the prosecutor okay now so you yeah. played you played investigations yeah, it was on the 2DS, or the regular DS, rather. Yes. So, um, but I guess my question is, I haven't touched the series since then. How is the storyline kind of breaking down? Because I always thought that Apollo Justice was, like, way in the future when, you know, Nick gave up and everything. But it seems like, no, it's not the case. It's all sequential. I mean, what's going on here? It is sequential. Um, you actually Is it one of those things where people from Asia don't really age? <laughs> I, oh my god if you ask me i think phoenix looks a little weathered i think he looks kind of uh he looks a little bit like he's retained his uh his slouch if you will uh from his days of being uh being lawyer hobo uh he looks I'm, a little I'm telling you jack the the gray hairs are coming look forward in the next game or two he's got a cowlick which to me shows uh he's 
taking less care of his hair. I don't know. I don't know. I like the cowlick. It, I prefer it. it. It's funny because when you get to the animation where he's sweating and slumping over nervously, uh, it wiggles and that tickles me to death. Um, but in Dual Destinies, there is a whole plot point where you basically bring Phoenix back. Actually, it's the Orca one. The Orca one is the side uh, episode, and it kind of shows, oh, this is the first case that brings him back, because of course it's got to be the weirdest case. And it sounds um, fishy. <laughs> oh, God. I smell a contradiction. No, that's my lunch. Uh but when it comes to the game itself, they just kind of say, oh, he he faced that case. And you just have to assume, oh, he, he did a thing. But the extra case, if you play it, you'll see he comes back to being an attorney. And there's all the little internal monologue, much like the, uh, the second game, Justice for All, when you've got... Uh, amnesia in the first trial case and mm-hmm. he's going whoa this feels right this feels excellent i'm a lawyer it's kind of like that of whoa i haven't done this in forever man this feels good and you get a kind of sense of that meanwhile uh you play as the other characters and uh kind of switch around and it looks like this uh this new game will be quite similar to that and i mean it's really nice to have uh, all the lawyers kind of working together. They're all excellent in their own little ways. You got different mechanics and puzzles to play around with. It it should be good. It should be good. What I'm saying is new Ace Attorney content will always... I, I will always prefer that as opposed to rehashing the first game again and again. And if there's so one what you're last saying is... Say, in- in conclusion, the anime is not doing it for you. The anime, I- I'm just going to give up on it. I'm sorry, I tried. Phoenix riding a bike is pretty damn great, but, you know, I'm going to hold out. I'm holding out, and if there's one thing I'm hoping for that I think I might actually get disappointed with in this new game, which I am getting the minute it comes out. I don't even care. Um, I'm really hoping. For story purposes, Gumshoe did not return in Dual Destinies. I really hope that he makes a return in uh, Spirit of Justice because, god damn it, if Maya's coming back, why not bring back the best male character too? Why not? Come yeah, on. Yeah, the Steel Samurai. <laughs> the Steel he Samurai was, the was pretty great. Steel he Samurai is- was pretty awesome. <laughs> if there's- All right. Now, yeah. I. I- I think it's time, Jack. I think it's time to just, uh, just let's have some fun, shall we? Uh, <laughs> uh lately, uh, along with the shows that I'm watching for It's in Season, there have been two shows that I've been watching from this current anime season. One is Joker Game, which I've been enjoying. It's your classic sort of spy adventure series. It's, it's a bit episodic, but you, you get some, spy thievery, some intrigue, some espionage, all that kind of stuff I really enjoy in my anime. That the as people have said to me, the the grown up stuff that I like, because I'm old. And one other thing one other show that I can say that my favorite thing about the show so far is its musical direction. Uh I think it is very good with its songs and its musical cues. That is one thing that I will defend this show on, but it has been 
uh, fairly popular in the anime internet space this season, uh, except Macross. with our. <laughs> right, it's Mac. It's. <laughs> Yeah, Macross is pretty good. Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. God damn it. Now, one person in particular has taken an opposing stance. That, of course, is Mr. Josh Dunham. Uh, Josh, you're not a big fan of Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. And I said earlier on the show that uh, I will allow you to speak your piece. Now... I've never been one to swim with the the mainstream, and and that's welcome here on the anime podcast of some sort. So, on the subject of Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, I yield the remainder of my time to Mr. Josh Dunham. Josh, take it away. See, like here, here's a th- so like okay, I've had this conversation a couple times, usually on the internet over Twitter or whatever the case may be. I had it just this morning again. Um, and there are some people I know, there are a lot of people I know and respect who enjoy this show. And I, let me just kind of open up just so you know where I'm coming from. You know, everyone, you know, David, Jack, listener, um, listeners, um, you know, I think this show really is garbage. And I, I say that not saying, and I don't mean to say because the show is garbage, you can't like it and fuck everyone else who does. That's not the case, um, which may have been the tone that I was coming across as prior. I, I really want to try and approach this in a, in a, a somewhat civil manner, but I'm still calling the show garbage. Um, the reason being, uh, because I will, I will play the the devil's advocate in this case. But go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. I'm go- I'm going to need to because the thing is, if you just let me ramble, I'm just going to sit here and just piss everybody off. But I'll be honest. I think it's perfectly fine to like something that's subpar, that's not great, that's really kind of like I said, garbage. I mean, dude, I freaking love Inuyasha. I love it. <laughs> I I will apologize for it, but. I'm not going to sit here and rant and rave and try and turn people on to Inuyasha as their first thing. Why? Because we make fun of some of the people who are total, you know, Narutards over Inuyasha or whatever the term may be. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we literally sit here and make fun of people for their fandom, which isn't necessarily correct. But I think there is an underlier there. Not again, it's not correct, but there is an underlier of you like a show that everyone has commonly accepted as being garbage and you hail it as being this, you know, or you herald it as being this great, magnificent, you know, magnificent work. And it's just not. Now, again, I enjoy Inuyasha. I'm going to keep using myself as an example to kind of keep the neutral territory, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend that it's great. Although the movies, I will argue, are actually pretty, pretty good. Um, Again, not any, not anything close to Cone, but you know, the flip side is if I had to make somebody understand anime, I'm not going to say, Hey, go watch Inuyasha and then get them started on that. I want to get, I want them to get started on something good. And, uh, the thing Unless I they're see a teenage with, uh, girl. Unless they're a teenage girl. Sure. But even if they are a teenage girl, there are better shows to get them started with, like Kuroko no Basket. I'd even, if they, if you want to go the Rumiko Takahashi route, uh, Ranma one half is pretty yeah. good for anybody, honestly. 
Yeah, Ranma, you have freak. I mean, you're, you're to say Yatsura might be a harder sell because it is. But, but uh, jo- Josh, overall, what is it about Cabinary that you're that you found to be so unpleasant? It's positioning. Its positioning is really um, what got me, and I realized that today. I was I was kind of going back and forth with the subtle doctor, and he was kind of like, "Dude, you kind of really need to hash this out for me because it, it seems like you're being overly aggressive." And and, and to some extent, I, I probably was. I get overly passionate about things as you can probably tell and for those of you who know me um but especially when it comes to japanese cartoons i take anime way too seriously i I really honestly mean that um and so i hate the positioning i don't hate the show but i do hate the positioning of this show and i'm not saying oh it's on amazon prime that's why i'm mad no what i'm saying is people are going to catch this this is going to be the first thing they ever see as anime I do not want this to be the representation of what anime is. I've had this idea kind of uh, tumbling around in my head. What is Josh Dunham's ideal gateway anime? uh, See, and that's not even fair either because I think it has to be tailored to the person. But I guess my whole argument hinges on this fact of do we create the types of fans that we want to keep around with the types of shows that they're watching? And... I have no problem with someone who understands that there are other shows other than Ticket to Ride on Titan. I'm not, I, you know, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. But if they're of the mentality that this is anime, this is all I'm going to watch, you know, like, for example, there are some things that don't need this treatment. Death Note was a much more serious, much better show not being a show. It was a much better manga. It's adaptation. You know, like we still make fun of Death Note for potato chips and stuff. You know, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, some of it was really cool where they draw, you know, they dramatize the writing and such. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, I'll take a potato chip and eat it, you know, and, and, and take that with any ounce of, of seriousness. Um, not like it was in the manga. And again, I mentioned Death Note. It's by the same director. Uh, it's by the same director as Attack on Titan. And this director has a tick and he does the same thing over and over again. And I'm quite frankly fucking sick of it because all the shows he goes to become hyper popular. They create a simple breed of fan. I'm not going to insult the fans. I'm just saying it's a very simple breed of fans because they won't go looking for anything else. And they'll sit there on top of this thing. I'm not trying to say people can't enjoy what they enjoy, but please branch out and at least think about what you're watching. I totally understand the idea of passively sitting in front of the tv i get that but you know what when we go through this motion of just mindlessly sitting down in front of the tv that actually does more harm than actively engaging in the media that we are well engaging with um i'm not trying to say that we can't just sit down and passively not engage but isn't it much more meaningful when we do I mean, I sit and put, you know, my tunes on and, and drown them out too. It's just, oh, it's something I enjoy in the background. Totally get that. I'm not saying every time I listen to a, stong, a song, I stop and give it absolute attention right down to every note and lyric. Obviously, you can't do that. Your mind would just blow up. But what I'm trying to say is if you're going to give it accolades, if you're going to place it on a pedestal next to other wonderful, amazing shows that are happening this season, um, like JoJo's Part 4, and David, mm-hmm. you've You've heard me going on on and on and on, and probably Jack too. I've not enjoyed part three. I I, I utterly and completely disenjoyed that. All right. Now, back to Cabinary. 
this show really seemed to strike a chord with a lot of people uh, for various reasons. I know the reasons I'm enjoying it. Uh, what reasons are you not enjoying the show itself? Okay, so again, just to reiterate before I answer your question, just reiterate for the audiences. I, it's the positioning that I hate. The show itself, I'm just it, it's 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 super edgy. It's the type of stuff that anime is known for being since the early days. I mean, I mentioned before <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. Um, back in the early anime fandom of the U.S., you had things like Legend of the Overfiend running around. You had all these really trashy type OVAs. If it was made, they brought it over here simply because it was Japanese. And at Shadow the exact same skill. time. Yeah, like Psychic Wars. What the fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't... Anime does not need to be con contained in this filter of nothing but sex and violence. Like, Ninja Scroll had its place. But you know what? I'm not sure I'm necessarily okay with Ninja Scroll being the face of anime, nor Legend of the Overfiend, or, um, you know, Cabernet. Because this is obviously a very fine anime. This reminds me of a show that I talked about for its in season in the fall called God Eater. And when I made the case in the debate episode last fall, uh, I first described the show as anime as fuck. That, that's what I described it as. Uh, however, I meant it in a complimentary way because yes, it had all of those things that people recognize as anime, minus the sexual content. But I get where you're coming from on this. Um, when you can describe something as an anime-ass anime, that can either be seen as good or bad. Uh, from what I'm getting is that you're saying that Cabinary is what people stereotype anime as. Is that what I'm getting? I want to say it's what they stare. They used to stereotype anime as. Now and you'd get closer to my little sister can't be this cute is kind of what people stereotype anime as. Yes, that I would agree with. Where it's either well, totally pervertedly well, sexual, but now Jack, we're going back I, I to the hyper violence. I, I have to say, when you put it that way, I'm kind of leaning more towards Cabinary. I, I'd rather have the hyper violence of the '90s than this. And I, I would say, I would say, um, just having seen what I have, I just kind of Googled it a little bit before the show. And I said to myself, hmm, this looks like everything I've ever seen before. That's great. Um, I, I mean, I mean that in the most sarcastic sense. I don't necessarily think I can lean either way with it, but it definitely is, uh, a big, a big red flag to me when an anime looks and seems at first glance to be like any other anime I've ever seen. And the fact that it was made by the folks who brought us Guilty Crown when I really had promise for Guilty Crown and it turned out to be pretty guilty of some other things besides the namesake. <laughs> I don't have high hopes for this. So I'll just kind of leave it on the back burner until... Until people start killing one another because it all comes down. It'll be like, it'll be like this, uh, it'll be like Alexander Hamilton. Are, are you going to vote for Thomas Jefferson? You're going to vote for Aaron Burr? What the hell are you going to do? Well, I don't care. And Pistols, then at down, you Pistols at dawn. Pistols at dawn. 
You gotta tell us now. You gotta know. It'll yeah. All right. Then, then I, 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 agree I will. With what Jack's I will tr- saying. I will try to make something of a case. I see what you're saying about how it is very, very anime. I just think that Cabaneri is executing that at a very, very high level. So that's why I am appreciating what it is. I think that as a show so far, it is not perfect, but it is good enough. I think that this would be... I think that this is a show that may not necessarily be worthy of its positioning, but I think that it is, in the place that it is in, I think it will suffice. I think if this were a show that were to be on Toonami uh, in a year or so, or even shorter, I think it would be a good fit, because I do think it does have a little bit of that appeal with anime fans, as well as a little bit of that crossover appeal. I'm not disagreeing with you, Josh, uh, on the fact that it is very much like so many different kinds of anime we've seen before. I'm just, I'm just saying that I think that it is doing a very, very good job of making those archetypes far more entertaining than a lot of anime has done in a very long time. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's, let's get into that here because at the same time, I see your argument, but I think there are some really, really glaring things we need to look at. One, um, anime fans, my whole argument again hinges on the position. So Bless I want to state hearts. something. Right. I want to state something real quick before we move on. So that way I, uh, while I have it in my brain, um, I am of the mindset of the revolving door fandom that fans tend, you know, a, a large group of anime fans stand, you know, tend to only stick around for two years and leave. I don't think shows like this are going to get them to stay. Now, there, you know, there's that's thrown into question as well. Is this the Congor fan you're talking about? Is this, you know, the you know the actual anime fan? Like, what, what, what is this? You know, because everyone on Twitter seems to like anime forever and ever and ever. Seems to all be around the same age. Blah 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 blah. Okay, fine, great, fine and dandy. Um, but I still believe in that revolving door statistic because simply I have nothing better to believe in. So again, that's my mentality. But you're saying that the show is executed in a very fine manner. Am I not not mistaken? I am saying that the show is executed at a high level for what it is attempting to be. Yes. Okay. And 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 here's my here's my counter argument to that. And I keep using Sharknado. Um have either of you seen Sharknado? <laughs> oh yes. I've seen, I've seen Hell Sharknado yes. and I Hell saw yes. Sequel. Right. Hell okay, yes. so we so we've all been in the same boat. We've all seen Sharknado. It sounds like all of us have seen Sharknado 2 as well. David. Yep. Yep. Uh, very good. Okay. okay. So we're all in the same same boat here. Um, Sharknado is exactly what it intended to be from the very beginning. And it intended to be trash. And so thus, by succeeding, it fails. Does that make sense? Like, for example, if you have a lazy person who never wants to get a good grade on a test, can you consider them successful for being such a failure? Can you consider something such as art, even if it's aiming to be less than artful, 
still art. It, it's kind of it's kind of tricky. Now I can definitely consider it a performance. It definitely has a merit, but it's not in in my mind something that is artful. Something that has a communicative value has a conscience. It's trying to be better than the sum of its parts. You know what I'm saying? For example, a painting is really nothing more than a bunch of colors slammed together, but it's how they're slammed together. And honestly, I don't think um, Kanbare is, is, is very well uh, slammed together because its seams are blatant. Um, it's really not that well animated, if I could be so honest. Uh, it has a good five seconds maybe every two minutes, which you say, hey, that actually sounds pretty good. But the problem is uh, it suffers from what I didn't, you know, what I disliked about JoJo Part 3 is that it didn't move. Uh, has some nice pieces that do move, but then right next to those, sandwiched in, we have pieces that are overly CG'd that look horrible. And this isn't an anime with cars. It's not like, okay, the cars in every anime look horribly CG nowadays. No, this is legitimate CD issues, uh, CG, um, CG issues that are going on and it's just absolutely obscene in some regards. Uh, what really gets to me and the reason I also dropped Stray Dogs is this whole treatment of death and suicide and such. And it just is so hyper edgy. I can't breathe. And so when you mash all of these together, that it's five good seconds of animation. It's the super edge. It's this, the seams are, are so glaringly ugly. I just look at this and say, what, what is this? This is literally a super commercialized product. There's nothing truly artful about this. They just took anything and everything that could sell. And is it making money? It is. Is it successful? It kind of is. Yeah. But that doesn't make it good. It makes it enjoyable, but not good. I would say that there's a lot of truth to that. I think, um, I, I don't know necessarily if the comparison towards uh, Sharknado is merited. I don't think this sounds like something that can be so bad it's considered good. And I don't think it's, I think it's just a kind of a of a floating between the everybody likes it, but it's pretty much just kind of mediocre, which is uh, my ultimate uh, having unfortunately said, you know what, I'm just going to tackle the beast uh, is how I feel about things like Kill a Kill and Steven Universe is that, yeah, there's there's definitely effort put towards it, but it's all just it's 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 soulless. It's made for you to like because uh because the community knows what you like. And All right, Jack, you, you, used, you used the word that I've been waiting to, to get in here, and that's the word effort. Uh, Josh, uh, I want to ask you, uh, when you mentioned art and, and laziness and, and Sharknado, I believe... <laughs> that's a weird sentence, art, laziness, and Sharknado. I believe Sharknado had, for all of its flaws... Most likely intentional. I look at Sharknado and its sequel and see a hell of a lot of effort. And I'm asking you, when it came to Cabinary, are you seeing a lack of effort? Is that what you're seeing? I'm definitely not. Definitely not. Um, but at the same time, well, definitely yes. I'm seeing a lack of consistency. Uh, you can make a beautiful scene in one episode of anime, right? Think of One Punch Man. 
Part of the problem that one that held One Punch Man back is that some of the episodes would literally only have one scene. Now, granted, that scene may literally be half the fucking episode. And One Punch Man is great and enjoyable. I love it. It's it that is a work of art. But, but what I'm seeing from from Cabaneri is literally effort placed in very key parts just to string you along in a formulaic fashion not now, in any that type i agree of way. with you on that one i yeah, absolutely so see where you're coming from and so i don't i don't like that i feel like honestly when i watch the show i feel like i'm being poked and prodded into trying to enjoy it like there's no there's nothing naturalistic about it um, these people are killing themselves on screen solely to make me feel invested. And it's just like, okay, I, I totally get that. Maybe that's the culture they're coming from. This is Japan with a very long history of ritualistic suicide and even taking all the cultural and, and fant, you know, possible fantasyful elements into content, uh, into context. It doesn't make it any better for me. I feel like, you know, we never like playing video games where you're completely on rails. If you don't have a way to change the outcome of the game, uh, what's the use in playing? And I think the thing is, there's only, I feel like, and I could be wrong, this is kind of just Josh's personal, highly subjective uh, feelings, I feel like there's only one way to enjoy this show, and I am completely unwilling to enjoy it that way. And so thus, it puts me at odds with the show, but in particular, puts me in, at odds with its positioning. I understand where you're coming from 100%. I do think in terms of effort and in terms of execution, you might not be giving it enough credit. But I understand where you're coming from and its flaws. I see those same flaws, but I see the positives in the show being executed at a high enough level to where I'm saying this show is flawed, but it is good enough to be to warrant the audience that it has. It's good enough. That's what I'll say. It's, it's formulaic enough. It's formulaic enough to, like, for example, here's another show, and not to break from the conversation, but here's another show which I'm kind of very disappointed in, uh, Kisniver. Kisniver is good enough to warrant the audience that it has. However, this show is just purely formulaic, right down to its bare bones. I mean, it, it just, there's no reason to like it other than something happens at just the right time to always grab your attention. And, you know, the argument very, very honestly could be made, well, isn't that just good storytelling? If something is always happening on screen to pull you in, isn't that good storytelling? Well, yes, but again, it goes back to how does it feel? Does it feel natural? Um, I don't have time to ponder my emotions on the show. Maybe, the, I mean, again, the show is not meant to ponder emotions, which is also part of my problem. There is no conscience to this show. There is no greater, uh, there's no reason for it to exist, really. There, there's like no weight those... in this show. There really is no weight in this show. I'll say No, that. there isn't. I mean, like, Inuyasha, there was no weight in nearly 90, 95% of that. All of it was just made for the sake of fucking grabbing the money from the Fujoshi and the fanboys and this. I mean, I totally get that. They had the name Rumika Takahashi. It was enough. Enough happened in the story at key points to keep people interested. The exact same thing. So what makes, you know, one different from the other? Well, it's my cup of tea for Inuyasha. This is completely not my cup of tea with uh, uh, Canary. So I'm just not 
I'm not invested in it by any means. I understand that, but again, my major problem is its positioning, and I feel like this show, I, I've used this term before, is better off not being made simply because I think it will do more harm to fandom than good, and I know that's such a egotistical kind of thing, kind of comment to make, but think of the people who watched Death Note and the people who are still arguing about whether light was right or wrong. They missed the point. The point was just to contemplate that, see both sides, and then live your fucking life in a much better fashion. Death Note had merit to it, but the people are still caught up fanboying over who was their favorite character. And I think, honestly, this type of show is not going to have the retrospect that we need when it comes to the viewer. It's going to just warrant nothing but uh, rampant... Uh, fanboyism and maybe some great cosplays at a con because somebody decides to dress up as some of the girls, you know. Um, but to be fair, what I saw, there was a recent scene of this very muscular looking gal, uh, completely in control. And I think that's a great image for anime when it comes to saying, Hey, we have girls who are, who are genre breaking. They're not necessarily, uh, super trope. So to be fair, at face level, you know, face value, I'm saying, hey, that's actually kind of cool. I just wish that was in another fucking show. It it definitely oh. goes it, it goes without saying that you can't just have a decent idea and then not do anything with the idea. That's something that, note, that I would say. I'm going to say one more thing before we wrap up. With what you've talked about with Cabinary, Josh, I think I finally understand how you feel about Attack on Titan. I think I, I truly have an understanding now. Like, I, I know your opinion on Attack on Titan. I mm. understand now. It's, it's a lot clearer now. So, I, we've all learned something today, I think. I think we've all gotten a little bit of a better understanding of things. Hopefully, I mean, again, to anyone who's listening who enjoys the show... I want to let you know you're fully able to enjoy that show, and I'm assuming, because obviously you're listening to this podcast, that you are an informed anime fan, have great opinions, and so I'm probably not worried about someone like you. No, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. I, I respect both of you as having having knowledge in the medium, and, you know, David, again, you enjoy the show. I know you like other stuff. I mean, you and I just got done totally talking about Con. I'm not worried about you. If you enjoy the show and want to fanboy all over it, that's great. That is healthy. That's awesome. It's nice to see excitement about something. I'm worried about the guy who doesn't know anything, who's just barely getting into the medium, and this is what he's going to latch on to and claim is the best thing. You know, we, we, we talk about the anime Old Guard. Well, what type of shows do the anime Old Guard refuse to let go of? They're not always the best shows. We don't need a new a new wave of old guard holding on to inferior shows from this generation. That's what I really don't want to see. And Josh, like I said, I really understand your opinion on Attack on Titan now. Like I I get it. I don't necessarily agree, but I get it. I understand. I, I truly understand now. And I just want to say thank you for coming on. And uh, please, Josh Dunham, tell us everything you've got going on. Well, what do I have going on? So obviously, as you're kind enough to mention, uh, I am working on this blog with a couple of friends. Um, we are part of the Wave Motion Canon, uh, wavemotioncanon.com. It is an alternative 
to some of the qualms that I have with fandom, trying to bring a sophisticated view to some of the best shows out there. Um, great articles written by some really great people. I, I can't even stop and plug all their names. There might be uh, some some recent growth coming up here soon. We'll see what happens with that. But more or less, um, we've gotten some really positive attention. So I want to thank anyone who's already listening and has visited. But if you haven't, we've got something for everybody. Just go over, check out wavemotioncanon.com. Again, uh, I run my own podcast at Senpai Coast to Coast. Um, yeah. Um, there I've kind of made this goal that I never review anything that I think is bad. So if you want to hear more of my opinion, if you agreed with anything that I've said, basically go to Senpai Coast to Coast. There's another big full dose of that. I'm kind of currently on a hiatus with the, I have several things lined up at work. I'm trying to get taken care of at the same time, all positive stuff, but time consuming things. And of course school gets thrown into the mix. And so I'm kind of in a, uh, a little bit of hiatus, but Again, there are plen- there's plenty of backlog. You've got at least 20 plus episodes to go listen to. And I'm always active on Twitter. I'm not pod fading. I'm just, I, I need a-, a chance to catch up with, uh, with shows like Cabinary, So, And so where can we follow Josh Dunham on Twitter? Oh, that's, that's pretty simple. It's just going to be Josh underscore Dunham. Uh, that's D-U-N-H-A-M, kind of like the, uh, the puppet guy. In fact, uh, if you just search Josh Dunham, See, that's the thing. Everyone else gets the fucking right to Google search themselves. I can't because of some fucking ventriloquist that, that, that bugs the shit out of me. You search Dur- Dale Surratt, boom, his name's right there. You could search anybody else in the anime fandom. You can search their name and I'll pull them up, but not Josh Dunham. So please, for the sake of your, your, your unborn son, somebody out there, don't name their kid Josh Dunham because his <laughs> anime career will be ruined. How think do you think about I the feel? Anime. I share a name minus an E. If you took away the E in my name, I share the name of a fucking Homestuck character. Oh. So I think I've got it a little bit worse. Just saying, Josh. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Jack, I totally understand that. Well, Jack, tell us what you've got going on, Jack. I hear you, you've got a, a big thing that, that just started not that long ago. Uh, tell us about it and tell it how it's properly spelled so everyone can find it. Excellent, excellent. Hey guys, I have a Patreon. Um, right now, uh, just kind of posting some stuff on it, getting some things on there. It's all art and maybe a little bit of writing. I do write every day, but not everything I, I can just, you know, willy-nilly throw out there. But um, what I am doing is I'm going to start posting there before I start posting on my Tumblr. And some stuff will be uh, exclusive to patrons. And there's some... Uh, rewards. I keep editing it because I keep learning more and more about how uh, kind of uh, the standards of working in Patreon go. So there might be a bit more things I need to kind of go in and tweak about that. But as it stands, I got a lot of fun rewards, a lot of good stuff that can come out of that. And you can find that at Jack Noir Draws because some video vlogger dude took Jack Draws. I repeat, a vlogger took jack draws anyway that's j-a-c-k-n-o-i-r-e-d-r-a-w-s that's patreon.com slash jack noir draws everybody help jack out jack is an extremely gifted and very unique 
artist. I, I think that's my favorite thing about Jack's art style. And of course, I'm obviously biased is that Jack's art style is unlike anyone I've ever seen. So please, by all means, go to patreon.com slash Jack Noir draws and help Jack out. And thank you uh, very much. Absolutely. And as always, everybody, thank you for listening to the anime podcast of some sort. Uh, if you haven't already, you can find us in iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and wherever podcasts can and will be aggregated. And of course, as always, you can check us out at DeltaJulietMike.com and just look for A to the P to the O double S. For the anime podcast of some sort. For Jack and for Josh Dunham, thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you next time. I'm going to Fanime!